0: Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back to the podcast room with Pastor Stephen. This is the post Easter message, and uh, yesterday was a really great day. Being able to talk about Jesus in in three services, lots of people have given their life to Jesus. Lots of decisions. Just a great day of celebrating who Jesus is and what He's done for us. Um, and Pastor Stephen, you uh, man, you just again. Time after time, present the gospel. And this week's title is "The Message of the Empty Tomb." You're coming out of John chapter twenty this time, verses one through eight. And uh, so, hey, just give us your thoughts on yesterday's services, all three of them. Is your voice okay today? Yeah, yeah,
1: my voice is fine. Uh, well, as as fine as it normally is on a Monday. The uh, uh, you know we had a lot of uh a lot of music a lot of worship and everything that went on and so uh in that first service I really only preached maybe 15 minutes so Yeah, you were done uh, quick, man. Yeah, well, you know, um that's the that's the bad thing about the multi-service model and uh 3000 folks trying to move them around campus and stuff if you ever get behind on one then uh man, you've got a you've got a problem when it comes to parking, when it comes to everything else. But uh Anyway, I was we were still able to cover yeah. uh, the truth of Scripture, and again, most importantly, the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I've I've sat through many a service, and and please hear me, I'm not I'm not thinking of anybody in particular or throwing stones from the cheap <laughs> cheap seats. But I've sat through many a, a, a service before, and you know, at the end, you know, that was good. That was a good talk. I learned a little bit about the Bible. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think I heard the gospel. Um, so, you know, the, man, if, if if we show up and, hey, let me just share with you the good news of Jesus yeah. Christ, my, my goodness, can, can it get any better than that? No doubt. Uh, we I think we talked about this last week. I don't know, I, uh, between podcasts and sermons and writing and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, I can't remember where I have the conversations that I have. Uh, but, um, the message of Easter, the message of resurrection Sunday never changes, Yeah, never changes. So it wasn't like, okay, Ooh, Hey, what, what kind of angle are we going to take? Where are we going to come from? And well, the tomb is empty and because the tomb is empty, boom, 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 boom. Um, ultimately it'll offer hope and it'll offer salvation. It offers eternal life. Uh, so I love, I love Easter Sunday. I love Christmas Sunday. Uh, a lot of. A lot of folks that come that are not normally here. I love that.
0: Well, let's be honest, man. You just love Sundays.
1: Uh, that's true. I do. I love Sundays. I do. I lo- I, yeah. and, and I'm one of those guys. I just love to preach. Yeah. Love to preach. I yeah. still can't believe I get paid Yeah. to do what I do. It's mind blowing to me, but I, I love to preach. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as the scripture says, it's kind of shut up in my bones. Uh, my, my family will tell you that uh, when we're out and I'm not preaching. I am a miserable dude to be around on Sunday, yeah. uh, and so that's the reason why a lot of times I, in my travel and stuff, yeah. because I know so many different pastors around the United States. That usually when we when we travel, I'm I'm usually preaching somewhere. Right, right, right. Uh, but there are times, there are times <laughs> that uh, that I'm not, and uh, you know, just whoo, man, I, it's 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 almost like you know, oh, man, I gotta I gotta get out and. Well, hit a punching bag or something like that man just uh work this thing out but uh yeah it was a great sunday great crowds yeah uh i know i know our uh you and uh some of our other pastors are still uh well actually just now getting started yeah uh, to do follow up with yeah. the uh um, hundreds of folks yep. who indicated that they trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior yesterday, uh, and really this weekend. If you look around our yeah. campus this weekend, uh, three hundred people, yeah. three hundred people indicated they gave their life to Christ. And uh, we were talking about this before we came on. Folks saying, uh, "Do you? Uh, do they get it? Does everyone get it? How do you know people take kind of take the approach when it comes to kids as well? Yeah. Do, do do they really get it? Um, yeah, I mean you you're, you're going to want to make sure. Hey, here's what here's what salvation is that that's why you want to give a very clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, but ultimately when it's all said and done, it's, it's not my job nor your job to decide who gets it or who right. doesn't get it. Uh, I remember, you remember the disciples, they kept the kids from coming to Jesus yeah. and Jesus said, you know what? You better not do that again. Right. You'd be better off to tie a big old stone around your neck and jump off the end, of the, end of the river right. than to keep these kids from me. And so, um, I never want to be guilty of that. And so we want to give a clear presentation of the gospel. You know, does every does every uh, 10-year-old that publicly professes Christ, do they get it? No. I don't know. I, who am I to say? Yeah. Does every 40-year-old, who am I to say? Right. Who am I to say? All you got it. you know, the, the approach I have is, here's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if somebody says, you know what? Jesus Christ is my Lord. I surrender my life to him. Then uh, why should I approach it as they're not telling the truth? Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, anyway, um, it's amazing. It's amazing, folks from the cheap seats that want to—they want to uh, uh, they make um, judgment calls on uh, gospel presentation and recipients of the gospel. Uh, I usually find it being those people who have never stood uh, in that uh, in that in that arena, or they've never stood before in that position of being the one to share the mm. gospel. In the good news yeah. of Jesus Christ, uh, the reality is, uh, and I, I was taught this as a as a young young preacher by an old backwoods country preacher. Never never been to college, never been to seminary, and he said, "You know what? Just share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. T- you know, lead them to the cross, and then just get out of the way." Yeah, um, and uh, say anyway.
0: Well, and I think a great yesterday was a great example of that. Man, we just talked about who Jesus is. I mean, again, there was this this clear presentation of the gospel and what it does for us. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump right into your points. Again, the message, I'm sorry, the title is The Message of the Empty Tomb. And you said the first, your first point is that that message turns hatred into love. And you kind of made the statement that if you know, you've been touched by the love of Christ, there's no room for hatred in your heart. So... Uh, Go, go for
1: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and like anything, I, th- I, th- I think we look at a, a consistency. Yeah. I mean, naturally, we're going to struggle with uh, hate and various things like that. Um, again, I hate to go back to the to the passage where Paul's like, you know, things I want to do, I don't do, and things I don't want to do, I do, because uh, I think, unfortunately, many people pull that out of context yeah, to yeah. try to justify a sinful yeah, yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's really not what he right. what he meant there, but what he was trying to convey to us is, uh, hey, as long as we're in the flesh, man, we're we're not going to live a lifestyle that is perfect. Now, the more we become like Christ, the more we mature uh, in our walk, in our faith, we're going to start consistently getting it. Getting it right more than we get it wrong, but the desire of my heart is I don't I don't want to hold hatred in my heart um, for uh, for anyone. Uh, why? Because Christ loves them, and if, and if they're important to Christ and He loves them, then they ought to be important to me, and I ought to love them. And so that's what the empty tomb does. It turns hatred into love. We kind of looked at it from the viewpoint of you look at all the hatred that was being directed towards Christ as he was being crucified and as he was led to the tomb, well, how did he respond? He responded with, with love. I mean, that would be hard.
0: That would be hard for
1: me. And elsewhere, you know, Christ has said, you know, Hey, love your enemies. Yeah. Love your enemies. Uh, See, loving your friends. You're like, yeah, yeah, man, I get that. I love my friends. Loving people that love you. Yeah. Loving people that show you respect. Here he is The love that he had for those that were even crucifying
0: him is just mind blowing. Well, and I even think about you know the the Last Supper, like as Judas is in the room, right? Like Judas is in the room, like he knows what's about to happen. He knows what's going to go on. Yet Jesus still loved him and served him, and he like I if I if I were there, you know, I would want to say something. I would want to do something. I would want to throat punch him or something. I don't know, but like Jesus absolutely just served him and loved him unconditionally even though he knew what was going to happen so it's just a great response well
1: and and the empty tomb uh and and i believe our listeners they get this they understand this the message of the empty tomb hey not just because the tomb is empty right then is hatred that's in your heart going to be turned into love no it's That empty tomb in your life, Mm. the results of that empty tomb, again, the results of the resurrection of Christ and how I've received that into my life. We would call that salvation. So, because the tomb is empty, it's not just this uh, unconditional, all right, nobody's going to have hatred anymore because the tomb is empty. Well, Well, no, no, the fact that the tomb is empty, kind of going back to several weeks ago in Romans, that to Christ or for Christ to some, he is a stepping stone to mm. God. Yeah, yeah and to others he's a stumbling stone yeah. But I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and because of what he has done through the cross and through the empty tomb, he'll take uh, he'll take a a heart full of hatred like like you know most of us had before Christ yeah and he'll change it into he'll change it into a heart of love. And it's a difference. It's a difference. We say it all the time, man, if I'm no different than someone who curses Christ, than someone who says, man, that's, that's not true. I can't believe anybody would believe that. And, you know, stinking Christians and all, well, if, if my life is no different than theirs, then, then there's been no change. Then there's no Christ. Mm. See, anyway.
0: Well, in your second point, you know, the message of the empty tune turns failures into forgiveness, um, kind of with this caveat of the fact that the mission is to forgive the failures and we, and you even said it like, we're all failures. We're not perfect. We're all failures. The message of the empty tomb turns failure into forgiveness.
1: Yeah. If, uh, you know, we look at, at, at when this happened in the in the life of Christ, if, if he submitted a resume, we, he probably wouldn't even be able to get a job because yeah. we'd be like, okay, now yeah. where, where, where's your training been? Um, well, uh, I work in my dad's carpenter shop and, um, you know, uh, for the last three years, I've just, I've kind of been, you know, I really, I've been going around, just been sharing the love of God and, you know, um, uh, okay. Now, where, where'd you go to college? Uh, well, um, yeah. Um, or, or, okay. Who are your references? Well, there's some roughneck dudes that I hang out with and. You know, maybe they would be a reference. So, so we sit there and we look at it and we're like, by what we deem as successful today, he he clearly would not have been successful. Um, But again, as we said yesterday, well, what was his mission? His mission was to save. (laughs) His mission was to save the world. And uh, we know salvation can only come through the forgiveness of sins, and so he did. He, he accomplished his mission in a way that is unbelievable. Um, and so here is the one that we would call a failure. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we would say a failure. When I say the word we here, I'm, I'm referring to the world. Right. That the world would call a failure. And he forgives the true failures, which is you and I, uh, who have failed to live the life that we must live in order to be right with God um but uh you know it, it's it's funny cuz the uh you you've heard you've probably heard the backwoods preachers and I I'm probably going to say this wrong um, but i can man i can remember growing up my preacher just getting so fired up son and he'd get to roll into where he would be like uh, uh, you know and trying to trying to trying to get his breath and um but y- y'all know what i'm talking about right <laughs> yeah. and uh and so he, he you know hey he, he's like hey if if uh if our greatest need would have been education god would have sent a teacher right if our greatest need yeah. would have been uh uh commerce god would have sent a banker i don't i'm making this up wrong if our greatest need he goes through the whole list boom 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 but our greatest need was was forgiveness so he sent a savior yeah
0: well and and i think about this failure into forgiveness you know quite a bit because again and we've mentioned this before and you've said it a lot of times too it's like in that moment where you know people have thought that they have done so much or that god can't forgive them or they're too much of a failure that god doesn't understand like this is a simple in the in the In the grand scheme of things, this is another simple message of hope that you know that the empty tomb, man, turns those things into forgiveness because of of well, because of the empty tomb and what Jesus did. Like no matter what has happened, the God of the universe sent his son Jesus for me. Well, yeah, and if and if and if the tomb were not empty, right? So here's Jesus, Jesus lived.
1: Uh, Jesus you know had a following he was a great uh, teacher of morality and he went to the cross and he died on the Roman cross in which there were many people that were crucified okay many people that were crucified and uh, and then they put him in a tomb even a borrowed tomb at that and then he stayed well okay well then not only would we still be failures he would have been a failure yeah because he, he, he would have done anything that other men before him had done. Lived, died, remained dead. You know, uh, clearly our greatest need, forgiveness, that would not have happened. We still would be struggling with a heart that was selfish and full of hatred. Yeah, we have the struggle there, but thank God for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that starts maturing us to where, again, I become more like Christ. And the love, it gets greater than the hatred as I continue to mature in my walk, right? And so the empty tomb, uh, we discussed this uh, yesterday, and, and we say this all the time. My goodness, if if it were for the empty tomb, we would we wouldn't even be having a conversation about Jesus, right? Right. We 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 this place this place would not exist that we're sitting in right now. I mean, we're at the very top, and we're in our well, we're still looking for a name for our studio. Where we're, people are submitting names, and we've received a few of them. There's nothing that really just just really stands nothing out stands right out. now. Um, the uh, and, 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 hey, and by the way, the guy who said, "Why, why don't you call it the uh, the Armenian studio?" Uh, well, first of all, first of all, I don't agree with that. Uh, I find that highly offensive. And um, the uh, I'm not really I'm not, that an Arminian. Oh. I'm not an Armenian. I'm um, not an Armenian. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not an Armenian. I will I will say it the way Billy Graham said it. I'm a I'm a biblicist. Uh, there you go. I
0: okay. Yes,
1: sir. In. And then all the Calvinists and Arminian are now offended. Uh, but anyway, now we're not going to name it that. We'll figure out something. Um, I, I think we call it the "Whosoever Will" Studio. Ooh. That'd be a good one. There you go. Whosoever will. Yeah. But we wouldn't. There'd be no studio, no podcast, no sermons. No. No. There would have been no songs talking about the empty tomb. Sets him apart from
0: everyone. From everyone. So you make this maybe ask a question you said sometimes we miss the profound message of the tomb sometimes or we miss a profound message of the tomb so what exactly is that message that we miss of the tomb you remember saying that
1: yeah absolutely um well i think a lot of times we 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 focus on the we focus on the death we focus on the resurrection but during the time that he was in the tomb, I mean, our sins were being buried yeah. with him, right? Yeah. Uh, so when we talk about that, we're talking about um, the, the 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 judgment of our sins for those that are in Christ. So uh, he 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 took those to the grave with him. You know, we use the terminology, or some of our pastors do when they baptize around here. I can't remember if you say this or not. Um, I really don't. I just say, hey, you know, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son. In the Holy Spirit, um, and and but we uh, we've got a few pastors that say um, death buried
0: with you in likeness burial raised.
1: death buried in Christ risen to new life something in like Christ this. something like that. I'm but not the, one of the
0: ones that say this, so I don't know the terminology. <laughs> yeah.
1: There you go. The uh, but basically what it's conveying is that yeah, hey man, yeah. your sins, yeah. your sins were buried with Christ. You're, you're risen to new life. No longer are you being categorized or no longer are you under the judgment under the uh well under the hostage yeah. <laughs> of your sin yeah um so yeah that's i just made the statement hey I, yeah. I, I, let's not forget about what happened yeah. what happened in the burial uh that's that's where he took our sin with him um and the condemnation that comes
0: with that so the message of the empty tomb, it turns hatred into love. It turns failure into forgiveness. And your third point, it turns death into life. Um, again, just proclaiming that Jesus is alive. There's this echo in the empty tomb because of Jesus and, you know, death is, is not the end.
1: Yeah, the only, the only one again to ever put flesh on, to walk the earth, to die, to rise from the dead, never to taste death again. He had Lazarus. Lazarus, Lazarus came out of the tomb. Um, so he was dead. He came back to life. Uh, but I mean, did we talk about this last week? I mean, how would you like to be a Lazarus? We didn't. Okay. Well, again, I forget the conversations right, right. we have. So, the uh, how would you like to be Lazarus? Here he is. You know, four days right? All right. He he already stinks. He stinketh. He stinketh. Uh, Jesus brings him back from the dead. You know get the clothes off of them all this kind of stuff and you know scripture doesn't tell this you know i'm so bear with me here this doesn't rob from glory or the gospel or anything but you think the point ever came where lazarus is like dang i gotta die again Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh you kidding me oh so anyway not jesus right uh, not jesus so yeah, it brought uh, brought life out of death. I mean, that to me, that's a that's a home run. I mean, that is an easy one to sit there. Yeah, and then we kind of then we kind of dug in. Okay, what happened to the body? That there are the skeptics out there, right? And uh, you um, was it C.S. Lewis that said Jesus is either liar, lunatic, or Lord? Right. So there are uh, there are those who say that uh, Jesus uh, he merely passed out from the severe pain uh, and then the coolness of the tomb revived him. Mm. And, uh, and then, you know, that's, that's how he came back to life. And then I've even, I've even seen some documentaries where he and uh, Mary Magdalene, I guess they got married later on and they had kids wow. and all there this kind of stuff. And um, anyway, almost like, you know, Elvis working at a truck stop in West Memphis. The, uh, I love what uh, was it G. Campbell Morgan, G. Campbell Morgan, who pastored in Los Angeles for I can't tell you how long. He's written some great commentaries, by the way. G. Campbell Morgan said this because he had a woman who came to an Easter service. And after the Easter service, she came up to him and said, uh, Dr. Morgan, uh, my pastor said that Jesus really didn't die in the tomb that he merely he merely fainted or lost consciousness and then, you know, and then he came, you know, he, he regained his consciousness and all that kind of stuff. And G. Campbell Morgan said, here's what I would encourage you to do. First to go first of all, go back and take your pastor and beat him with a cat of nine tails <laughs> and, uh, you know, place a, th- a, th- a crown of thorns yeah. on his head, uh, hang him in the sun uh, on, a, on a wooden cross, then take a spear and yeah. jab it in his side. Uh, and you tell me whether he died or he merely uh, lost consciousness. So, so there are folks who say that. There are folks that say, well, you know, um, uh, that it... Uh, that the disciples yeah. stole the body. Yeah. Right? Now, now let's stop and think. This ragtag group right. <laughs> that that denied him. I mean it's like it's like, no man, these guys are like CIA operatives and uh, you know, they they really it was a big plan, a big hoax. Okay, we'll we'll go with the hoax. We talked about this yesterday. So what did this elaborate plan to fabricate the death of Jesus bring them? They were all martyred. Yeah. And we're not just talking about all right, we're gonna sit you down and we're gonna put a bullet in your head. Right. We're talking about brutal death. Bar- Bartholomew, church tradition tells us he was skinned alive. So, so he had ample opportunity, I would assume, during the skinning yeah. to recant. Okay, no, 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 don't do it anymore. We lied. He's not alive. But not one of them, because they knew he was. Yeah. He was. <clears throat> Uh, so
0: yeah. Awesome. So the, again, the message of the empty tomb turns hatred into love, turns failure into forgiveness, turns death into life. Again, knowing that Jesus is alive. Death is not the end. The grave is not the end. And then your fourth point that it turns hopelessness into, or I'm sorry, turns hopeless into hopeful. So the message of the empty tomb turns hopeless into hopeful saying again we have hope we have life because of jesus and uh i I think that was a great great conclusion to your your sermon yesterday well not only
1: hope in this life but the life to come yeah the life to come uh and you know we even talked about the scripture in first corinthians 15 and you know our our great guy paul is writing this who by the way uh, had his head chopped off right. because he refused to say that Jesus was dead and he was not God. Uh, but it's Paul who says in First Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and so is your faith. He's basically saying all that we're doing means nothing. We're wasting time. Uh, it's almost like it, there's even some humor in this that we would even do this. And then he says, okay, if only for this life, if we have hope in Christ, because I've had folks that say that, well, you know what, you know, if, if, if you just follow the teachings of Christ in this life, you'll have a better life. You'll be more moral and people will like you. And, you know, don't, you don't have to worry about get, you know, having a relationship with Jesus. Just follow his teachings. I've heard pastors say that, you know, hey, just follow the teachings of Christ and everything will be better for you. And Paul even addresses that: if only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we're to be pitied among all other men. Yeah, every, even those who, who who say no, Jesus, Jesus was—he didn't even live, or Jesus this, or Jesus that. He's like, if the only hope we're looking for is to have abundant life, <laughs> you ever listen to those guys Ryan to where they're like, abundant life, yeah, abundant life, abundant life means stuff, and God wants you to have stuff because God wants you to have abundant life, and you know, and then they'll obscurely pull passage where you know if you just have faith, and that's when the name it and claim it comes out, and
0: that's only on TV. That's not around here. No, golly. Uh
1: absolutely not. <laughs> and the the. You know, and, and so abundant life, abundant life, abundant life. How can life be abundant if, if if there's no hope of eternal? Yeah. And so Paul addresses that and says, if, if only for this life we have hope, we're, 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 we're to be pitied. Yeah. We're, the people should be sympathetic for us. But then he says, Christ was indeed raised from the dead. Yeah. Um, and that is the game changer right there. And that's the reason why when we were walking through our book of Romans, and we'll get back into it next week, when he gets over into chapter 10 and we address this, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you call upon the name of Jesus Christ, you will be saved. He didn't say, if you believe that Jesus lived, if you believe that Jesus turned water into wine, if you believe that Jesus uh, took a few fish and some bread and fed a lot, a lot of people, or if you believe that Jesus was a good moral teacher, or if you believe that Jesus died on the cross, or I think our listeners kind of catch what we're saying here. No, it's the death, it's the resurrection. That's what gives hope when we live in a hopeless world. Yeah.
0: Well, again, it was a great day yesterday. Um, again, just pointing to Jesus with the way that we sang, the way that we looked at Scripture, the way that you preach. So, thank you for that. Thank you for again, just always pointing to Jesus in every setting that we're in. Um, so, again, if you are—I said again, like four times—if you are listening and you are a listener of this podcast, please understand that you know our hope is that you follow Jesus. Our hope is that you understand what it means to uh, have Jesus as the Lord of your life. And we want to help in any way that we can. So we thank you for listening. We thank you for being a part. It was a good Easter. And let
1: me me say this, Ryan, before we we finish today. Uh, A lot of times folks will contact and say, hey, listen, I've got a friend who is – Uh, a member of a cult or I've got a friend who says there is no God. And you know, what can I say? Tell me what I can say. Uh, Almost uh, to win the argument. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, Oh my goodness. And and I'm one of those people too, man. Oh, I'll debate. I'd be happy to debate. And God, God is got every day, every day. God's just like, Hey, listen, man, you winning an argument. How does that accomplish any, any eternal good? Um, and you know, and I'll even want to make excuses, but this is how you made me, God. You know, <laughs> but I would just say this to our listeners: someone cannot argue with what Christ has done for you. True. So just share with them. Yeah. Hey, here's what Christ has done for me. Um, and uh, approach it this way. I mean, we we my wife and I have some couples that we disciple and. We were we were having a conversation with them uh, last week, and uh, there there's one young lady that has there's 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 a, a friend that she has that doesn't know Christ and just has been praying you know praying for her salvation, praying for her salvation, and so we um, we kind of gave her some accountability the week before, and said, well, you you, you just need to you yeah. just need to share, and and so she came back the next week and she's like, well, she didn't pray to receive Christ. But I did share. Yeah. And, and here's what she said. She said, I sat down with her and I said, I love you. You mean a lot to me. And the most important thing that has ever happened to me is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And for me not to share with you the greatest thing that has ever happened to me, that, that, is not, that is not a representation of the love that I have for you. Yeah. So because I love you, can I share with you? what Jesus has done for me. And and the woman listened. Yeah. And great seeds were planted. Yeah. And I believe there'll be further conversation. Um, but, my goodness, how, how many of us, well, all of us, all of us, there will be opportunities and there will be people in our life that when our lives are said and done, that we did not that we did not take the opportunity to share Jesus with and we'll never have those chances again. Yeah, um, And so I would just tell our listeners, just tell them, hey, here's what Jesus has done for me. Uh, we'll be am- you, you'll be amazed when you approach it as, not not approach it as, hey, listen, I don't know Jesus. I'm going to heaven. You don't know Jesus. You're going to hell. <laughs> uh, see you at the ballpark tonight. Yeah, But no, hey, I love you. I love you. Can I share with you the greatest thing that's ever happened to me?
0: Well, you heard it. You heard it from our pastor. You heard it from someone who is passionate about the gospel. And um, I can attest, I've seen, he doesn't just practice what he preaches. I'm sorry, he doesn't just say it. He actually practices what he preaches. I've seen him do that in person. And uh, it's really cool to see. So again, Pastor Stephen, thank you just for your time. And thank you for being on this podcast with us. And if you are listening, let us know that we love you. We want you to know that we love you. We care for you. We want to help you in any way that we can. And uh, we will see you next time on The Unchangeable Truth.
1: Hey, guys, this is Stephen Kyle. And I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. Uh, this is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida. and We would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highlandpark.org you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ, so feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, our prayers you would be near to Christ that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk in grace. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.